அலம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்ஹம்
that benefit will continue. It can continue, it will help him in the cover, that iman that he had. And whatever good he took within himself, in the cover, the questions that will be posed to him, Man Rabbuk, Ama Deenuk, Ama Taqul Fi Hadar Rajul, Who is your Rabb? So if something had been developed inside, the recognition of Allah Ta'ala had been developed inside, then that inside will speak in the cover. That will benefit him now. He took that along, what was inside. So that ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala, that will now speak and say, Rabbi Allah. My Rabbi is Allah Ta'ala. And Huma Dinuk, so he had truly made an effort and from the depth of his heart, he had wholeheartedly accepted Islam. And he had practiced on deen of Islam. Now in the cover that what was inside will speak. And if the Islam was merely outside for occasions, for certain situations, for just mere lip service, in that moment when that question will come, despite knowing the question and answer in dunya, that won't speak. His tongue won't speak in the grave. It's the heart that will speak. So now he took that Iman, he took that Islam within him, that will speak, Deen al-Islam. He took the Ittiba of Rasulullah sallam that was within him. He followed Rasulullah sallam and he'll be questioned in the Qabr, he'll be able to answer. So the entire effort is to be focused towards the developing of the inside. And when that is developed, that itself will manifest itself outside also. It's not possible that the person has Iman in his heart, he has Islam in his heart, he has the Ittiba of Nabi Wasallam in his heart, truly deep down in his heart, but at the time of Salah he's not performing Salah. That cannot happen. It will not be possible that that truly is within his heart, but it won't happen outside. Yes, it can happen, outside something is taking place, but it's not there inside. It's a pretense, just being done for the sake of whatever other motive. People perform salah sometimes, but that salah is for some other motive. People give charity sometimes, the charity is for some other motive. People do some other good actions, but the motive is something else. So it's only in the heart. So, if it's in the heart, it's impossible that it won't manifest itself outside. It will manifest itself. So the person who's got this deep down in his heart, there definitely will be salah in his life, there'll be zakat in his life, there'll be fasting, there'll be hajj, there'll be all the other good deeds. That consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is in his heart, that it will definitely manifest itself in refraining him and holding him back from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. It won't be possible that Allah Ta'ala's ma'rifat is in his heart, in reality, and he will just go on just committing any wrong, any sin. It won't happen. So the main thing to develop is within us. So among the things that we have to develop, which is repeatedly discussed, is the aspect of akhlaq. And one very prominent part of akhlaq, extremely prominent aspect of akhlaq, is what is known as hilm, tolerance. Very, very high aspect of akhlaq. Akhlaq itself is such a fundamental thing in a mu'min's life we've heard the ahadith repeatedly akmalul mu'minina imanan ahsanuhum khuluqa 
the person who has the most perfect iman is the person with the most perfect akhlaq. And as discussed previously, that this address was primarily to the Sahaba When they heard these things, it never ever crossed their minds that from now on, all I have to do is just sort my akhlaq out. Doesn't matter whether I perform salah or not. Doesn't matter whether I promote any other haram or not. That never ever crossed their minds that this is the meaning of it. And it never had to be clarified because it was so obvious. The taqwa primarily is fulfilling Allah's commands in every aspect. In the do's and in the don'ts. That is the foundation. Whatever happens then will be built on this foundation. But now the person's got the foundation in place. And many, many people got the foundation in place. Iman is there, mashallah. But, together with that Iman, the Amala in place, etc. Mashallah, Salah is there, fasting, Hajj. Let alone the Faraiz, even Nawafila in place. And there's Wazaif. And there's numerous other good things taking place. Alhamdulillah. Summa Alhamdulillah. But, Nabi Islam says with all that, there is still something else to perfect it. The person with the most perfect Iman is the person with the most perfect Akhlaq. Most perfect Akhlaq. And this is what will be the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. So, this Akhlaq is what needs to be now developed, needs to be worked on. Among all the aspects of akhlaq is one very important aspect is this hilm, tolerance. The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala specifically highlights this quality in Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Inna Ibrahim ala halimun awwahum munib. One of the highlights in his life, la halim, extremely tolerant. And when he made dua, he made dua for a pious son. Rabbi habli min as-salihin. Allah Ta'ala says, فَبَشَّرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ That now when he made dua for a pious son, we gave him a pious son. We gave him such a pious son, who together with all the qualities of piety, one very outstanding thing that will be in him is, فَبَشَّرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ That without this film, this dua won't be complete. This dua is being answered now. What is being highlighted is that if this film was not in him as well, then this dua was not fully answered. But Allah Ta'ala is saying we completely granted his wish. How? We granted him a pious son. We gave him the glad tidings of a pious son to come. But in that pious son will be this very, very glaring quality of film. So that is being highlighted. That this is a very prominent part of his piety. This is the answer to his dua. Rabbi habli min as-salihin. Immediately Allah Ta'ala فَبَشَّرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ Many a times, these are things which are not even given any regard, let alone due regard in terms of salah and taqwa and piety and righteousness and progress in islah and progress in a person's tazkiyah these are things which are sometimes not even considered 
And what is considered is that just, I should try and do more amal. Indeed, amal is tremendously great. But at the end of the day, if this is lacking, that amal too is going to be for somebody else. All that amal is going to get transferred in somebody else's account. Because if this is lacking, if the good is lacking, there's no vacuum. Something else is going to take its place. The bad qualities are going to take its place. And the bad qualities will take a person towards harming others, committing zulm upon others, trampling people's rights. So all this is going to get transferred into somebody else's account. Not going to get left. Left Qiyamah, the person will be empty-handed. Let alone empty-handed from his good, his hands will get filled with the sins of others. In lieu of the wrongs. The wrongs that happen with the tongue, things are said, things that pierce somebody's heart, break people's hearts, whatever other taklif that is caused, as a result of this, all this will get transferred to somebody else. So the aspect of him, and this is thought to us that Nabi Wasallam being the most perfect of Allah Ta'ala's creation, and possessing every quality at the peak and beyond, most perfect character Allah Ta'ala blessed him with. Yet Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being on that peak, he still making dua, Allahumma aghnini bil ilm, wa zayyinni bil hilm. Ya Allah grant me the wealth of ilm. Make me wealthy with ilm. This is true wealth. And not just that. Ya Allah then this ilm, Adorn me with hilm, with tolerance. Otherwise it will be difficult to even really benefit out of this ilm or pass on the benefit of ilm without the hilm. And Nabi Islam is making dua. Ya Allah, zayinni bil hilm. Zayinni, the word zayinni means that adorn. The word for adornments, adornments, jewelry, etc. It also comes from the same root, zinat. Adornments. In dunya, generally all kinds of other kinds of adornments are the focus. What a person wears, what kind of jewelry people wear, and what kind of other things to adorn themselves. If something is within the limits of Sharia, it's in its place. But the point is that this is all superficial. It's all superficial. The real adornment was a yinni bil hilm. Allah give me the adornment of hilm, of tolerance. This is a true adornment. This is what really makes a person. And this is what takes him way forward in life. And if this hilm is not there, he'll just go willy-nilly, just say things anyhow, just doesn't matter who it hurts, what it... just cut anybody short. But hilm, it will be a different matter. Hilm is the thing to develop. The thing to acquire. And hilm comes, al-hilmu bit-tahallum. Ilm comes with ta'allum. Ilm comes from learning ilm. Acquiring ilm. Sitting at the feet of a teacher to teach. One the ilm. Hilm also comes with ta'allum. By putting oneself through the paces to develop that ilm. And forcing oneself to be tolerant. One very, 
one person who was extremely tolerant. So somebody asked him that, how, how come you are so tolerant? He said, Lastu bi halimin. I got no tolerance in me. Walakinni atahallam. I got no tolerance in reality. But yes, I force myself to be tolerant. Meaning there are bitter gulps that I sometimes take in. One is that a person is naturally tolerant. Something happens and he can just be very calm about it. Externally, internally, he's very calm about it. He can take it in his stride and he can continue with it. And the other is the person is not naturally tolerant. It has not yet come in. It's not yet developed. But that's now he's saying, Wala kinni atahallam. Arabic word of atahallam in the Arabic language there's various scales and each scale gives a different meaning. So the scale of tafa'ul, it gives the meaning of takalluf, meaning where a person is forcing himself to do something. It's not natural, but he's doing it. Like tawazu, some comes on the same scale. Humility, meaning that the person, even if it is not something that's happening naturally, he humbles himself, he forces himself to be humble. But when he keeps forcing himself to do the right thing, to humble himself, in time it will become a natural trait. In time it will become part of him. In time he won't have to force himself anymore. So likewise is hilm. That with tahallum, to the extent that the person will keep forcing himself to hold his thumb, not to just blurt out anything. Somebody is saying something, let them have a say. No problem. Somebody wants to Finish off, after they finish off, now think what's the right thing to say. Somebody has done something, think first, how should I address the matter? What's the right thing to do? So when a person will first think, that will come but from tolerance. And now he'll first think, that he'll do the right thing, he'll say the right thing. Or if he's saying the right thing, he won't say it in the wrong way. He'll say the right thing, he'll say it in the right way. Otherwise he'll say the right thing in the wrong way, he'll still do damage. So this hilm, this tolerance, as Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion, somebody saw at him. And the person saw at him, he was wearing a shawl at that time. Ali radiallahu ta'ala no, he took the shawl out and he passed it on to the person. And then not, didn't finish off on that, he took 1000 dirhams and gave him. Now that person saw at him, in return he gave him the shawl and he gave him a thousand dirhams. So now somebody who was there, they observed this whole thing, said, look, there's so many things that have happened here. There's so many things that have happened in this incident. Number one, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he was sworn at, the first thing that he did was that he exercised tolerance. So he gained all the rewards and the virtues of that good akhlaq. This is going to weigh very heavily on the scales of good deeds for him. The weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds is good akhlaq. And this is one of the very prominent aspects of good akhlaq. So this is going to weigh very heavily in his favor on the day of Qiyamah. So number one, this is what has happened. That he has now secured this very great benefit for himself for akhirat. Number two, what he's done is, he's got rid of the pain. Somebody saw him, it's human nature that it might affect the person. But now one is to now 
absorb that. So now the person has absorbed it, that's a thorn, he's absorbed it, he's going to go deeper in the heart. A thorn is a thorn, it's going to hurt. So now that hurt will, and the longer that thorn remains there, the longer it's going to start, and it's going to increase the pain. Because when something has hurt somebody, and if that cause of that wound is still stuck in the wound, it will just keep increasing the pain. The healing only starts when that thorn has been removed. Until the thorn is not removed, you won't start healing. Now when the person has taken that within him, he is moving around with it, he is waiting now for an opportunity of revenge, he has got that thorn inside. And that thorn is hurting him first and hurting him more. Yes, if somebody else is wrong, but now he is keeping the pain. And he's allowing it to fester. So now what Ali Radilano did, by doing what he did, he actually removed the thorn. He discarded it because now he got forget just passing on and doing nothing. He actually actively did what now will remove the thorn. He's doing good to the person. So he took the thorn out. Then the third thing that he did, that this act of this person would have distanced him from Allah Ta'ala. Because now he's hurt somebody and he's sworn at someone, he's done a very major wrong. So this would have become a barrier between him and Allah Ta'ala, meaning in progressing and getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. This will distance him away. So he did something which, by overlooking it, forgiving it, why should I let my brother become distant from Allah Ta'ala? This was his thinking and mindset. So let that be cleared out. Let it happen. There was one pious person, he was one day going somewhere, to the masjid or whatever, and he had a little pouch with him. So as he was going, Somebody came and snatched that pouch and disappeared. So now it happened so quickly, so he didn't carry on walking. He went away to the masjid. Now this person fled with that pouch. Now when he fled with it, he is trying to run away now from that little town now, wherever the bazaar he was in. So now he's trying to run, ran in one direction, and suddenly that whole place is like closed. There's no place to run. The road is finished. He turns around, he comes another direction, road is closed. There's like no road left. It's just like all jungle or whatever the case, you can't get into it. Comes to the third place, there's again no... And this is a place he's familiar with. He's lived here, he knows the place. He just can't seem to escape anywhere. He realized something has happened here. That person whose pouch has stolen, that person, Allah knows best, whatever he might have cursed me or whatever, so maybe this is the result of it. He must be some very pious person. So somehow he came, made his way back to the bazaar where he had stolen this. Now he can't find the person anywhere. So he asked some shopkeeper, people stand, selling their wares, that there was such, such a kind of person described him. He was walking here. You know who I'm talking about? And he says, yes, this person keeps walking up and down. The masjid is in this direction. So he goes to a masjid and goes back home. And if you're looking for him, the next Salah time, he'll pass here. So as it happened, as the next Salah time came, this person now was going back to the masjid. 
So he recognized him immediately. So he came and he said, please, you have blocked my road. So please sort this out. He said, what are you talking about? I blocked your road. How can I block your road? The road is open for you. You go where you want to go to. He said, no, you blocked my road. Now he's making a commotion there. People are coming around. What's going on? He said, no, this person blocked my road. How can he block your road? What has he got to do with the road? He says, no, this is what happened. I snatched that pouch from him. And as I ran away, I just can't go anywhere. Every direction I go, it's blocked. So he has cursed me. Something has happened. So this person said, no, no, I haven't cursed anybody. And in that process he was, now wanting to return the pouch, and he saying, please, release me from this prison that has become for me. He said, no, I didn't, I didn't curse you. And I can't take this back also, because I had that moment you snatched it and ran. Now this is just digressing from that point that we were discussing. This just came on another note. The thinking of Ali radiallahu ta'ala that this would have become a barrier for my brother. So why let this be a barrier? So just on that note, this incident came to mind. So he said that moment you snatched it. Oh, that's the right of a person. He can, he's entitled to claim his right. This is not the aspect of whether it's within his right or not. 100% is his right. He can claim it. He's not obliged to forgive this right. Not to take his goods back. He's not obligated to do that. That's fully within his right to take it back. But this was a person now who was thinking on a different level. He said, as soon as you snatched it and ran off, I immediately forgave it. On this basis, that if I don't forgive it now, then on the day of Qiyamah, you are going to be taken to task for this. And Nabi would be waiting till the last Ummati comes to Jannat with that anxiety. That still there is some Ummati of mine who is not yet here. Now if this is the point on which you are taken to task for, then my goods will become the means of this delay of your entry into Jannat, which will become the means of the anxiety of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I can't tolerate that. Rather let this go, but I don't want to be the means of this anxiety to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the day of Qiyamah. This was his manner of thinking. There are various levels, what is our level of thinking? But there's another level of thinking which we should aspire for also. To think differently. Not just to think on that very confined level of ourselves. To think on a different note. And this is where this person's mind, what, what high thinking? Let alone just for here and now, and for others here, but all the way to the day of Qiyamah. And what attachment to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That where did his mind go to? I can't tolerate that, that I become the means of this anxiety. So rather I forgive it now, so there is no delay in your going to Jannat, and no anxiety for Nabi Islam on my account. So in any case, Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, the third thing that happened in this person who observed it, he says, third thing that happened was, that he removed this barrier from his brother's path. By overlooking it, now this no more is a barrier now, because this is now forgiven, it's done. And then the fourth thing has happened, this person saw at him, but when this was the reaction, then it is 
impossible that it won't have some positive impact on that person's heart. And it will make him regret what he did. That regret itself is a level of tawbah. A tawbah, another mu tawbatun. The regret is tawbah. Now he'll regret, but why did I do this now? And especially now, this is how this person reacted. This what I did was wrong. That regret, acknowledgement of what was, hap- what was done was wrong, and remorse and regret over it, that itself is tawbah. Now with this he has brought the person already onto tawbah. And the fifth thing that has happened, which is to his benefit, is that by doing what he did, this person saw at him just now, it is impossible he is going to leave here still swearing, or later ever do this again. He is not going to be able to avoid praising him. Not that this was the objective, but this was one of the consequences of it, one of the things that will now, one of the things that will come out of it, that this person is, he did what he did, he finished, already uttered those words of swearing, but now that will be history. He won't be able to repeat that. So all this was acquired with this little bit of wealth that he parted with. That one shawl he gave away, the thousand dirham he gave, he already bought himself dunya and akhirat. Bought himself the praise of dunya, not that that's something to aspire for as such, but the real thing is Akhirat, he bought that also. Now this was the end result of that Hilm. The starting point was Hilm. Because that Hilm was present, he could do this. If the Hilm wasn't present, impossible. There would have been a totally different reaction. And this was a common thing among the Sahaba Ikram, the Tabi'een, the pious predecessors. Hilm was a very very common trait. And it was, obviously no person would reach any level of piety without akhlaq. And him is such a prominent part of akhlaq, where it will be missing then? In a person who has get, gained some kind of proximity to Allah Ta'ala. So Abdullah bin Abbas, he is going somewhere, somebody saw at him. So he turned to his student Ikrima, and he says that, just find out if he has any need, we can fulfill the need. If he has any need, will fulfill the need. Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala in his time, he's the Amir al-Mu'mineen, and some pieces of leather had come, whether it was spoils of war, whatever it was, so he started distributing it to various people, there was an elderly person in Dimashq, Damascus, so he had one piece of that leather sent to him, might have been known to Muawiyah al personally, whatever the case might have been, so he had this sent for him. This person received it, elderly person. Now sometimes with age, person becomes a little bit irritable. He is not so, whatever other issues sometimes become a problem with. So when he received this thing, he was upset about it. What kind of thing he sent for me? Meaning he expected something much more. So when he received this, he got upset. And in that moment of anger, he took a vow, I'll take this and go hit the head of Muawiyah al Now who is he? He took a vow about hitting the head of the Amir al-Mu'minin with it. Now that's a vow, so now the right thing to do is break the vow and do what, and give the kafara because you can't do this, you can't harm somebody. But 
now he was overcome with this now that I took this vow. After he took it, now this thought overwhelmed him. How could I have taken such a vow, but now what do I do? So he went all the way to Hazrat Muawiyah And he says, this is what happened. I am ashamed of what I did, but this is what happened now that I took this vow. Muawiyah is the Amir Mu'mineen of the time. So he says, well what you do is now you fulfill your vow. But look, I'm an old man now, take it easy with me. In other words, now you have to hit me, do it in a way that you don't hurt me now. But do it, fulfill your vow. Take it easy with me. Now who can, and a person now on that level, he is the Amirul Mu'mineen of the time. If it was somebody else, he would have said, you deserve the opposite, you deserve to catch it on your head for even thinking in that manner. Here he says, okay, now go ahead, fulfill your vow, so that now you don't become, uh, you don't break your vow, do it. Just take it easy, but. So this is a very, very great quality, a very important quality in the life of a mu'min, this hilm, this tolerance. And to the extent that the person has this tolerance, this tolerance will now manifest itself in everything. In his actions, in his words, in the kind of words he uses, in the kind of expressions, in the manner he expresses himself. All these things, that helm will come out. He'll be saying the right things, he'll be saying it in the right way. There'll be space for everyone. He'll be able to take things in his side. There won't be just things that just come out as a reaction. On the turn, something he has to just blurt out on the turn. There'll be place for everything. Once, Hazrat Umar he was doing something and whatever, and he was probably discussing something, so his wife said something. She gave him some suggestion. So he got a little bit upset. Says, Who are you to come and say something? So now the Sahaba went through this phase of Tarbiyat. So he got a little annoyed at this, because this was the way that always was the case that women were not given any space to say anything. From the times of Jahiliya, that was, that was it. So now when he was about to do something, whatever, so she suggested something. So he cut her short right there. So she replied and said, that you are becoming upset that I suggested something. But go and see the house of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Your daughter is there. And see how sometimes she suggests some things, which sometimes even causes Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to become upset. But he takes it in his stride. And sometimes he just stays quiet for the good while. Just because now this was something that wasn't the right thing to have been said at that time. Your daughter is doing that, but Nabi Islam is tolerating it. That was the message he gave. So he became very concerned about this. My daughter did this in the house of Nabi Islam. So he came. He came rushing. The lengthy incident. And in that process, he first ended up at where one of the other Azwad Mutaharat were. So he said something to her behind the parda that how can you all do this kind of thing so she replied and said you want to interfere everywhere you want to interfere even between Nabi Islam and his wives now so he's saying that she said such a thing that it just broke my whole spirit down and then he comes to Nabi Islam and now he relates this whole incident this is what happened 
I was busy with something and my wife said this and I just cut her short but this was her response and then I came and this is what the Saudi said to me let me start some smiles about it and when Hazrat Umar just walked in so some of the Azwaj were there at that time somebody was saying something and somebody had even raised their voices a little bit when they heard Hazrat Umar come they all just quickly disappeared behind the parda. So Nabi Salaam was sitting and smiling. And they all just kept very quiet. So, Hazrat Umar sensed what happened. So he, from now behind the veil, behind the curtain, he is addressing them and saying, Oh you enemies of yourselves. Nabi Salaam is seated. He is addressing them and saying, Oh you enemies of yourselves, are you all more afraid of me than the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala? So from behind the parda, somebody replied, they said, yes. Because Nabi Islam is far more tolerant. And he has a much softer nature. And Nabi Islam is sitting and smiling about it. Now this was that lesson, these were the practical lessons. The practical lessons that were being taught, that how does this life continue smoothly? These were the lessons that the Sahaba went through. Hazrat Umar is that personality who Nabi Islam then said, Lokana Badi Nabiyan Lakana Umar. Had there been a Nabi after me, there would been Umar. He went through all these paces and acquired it. He learned it. But this hilm, these are concepts, not just concepts, these are values. Which sometimes we have no idea that this is even something of such an important nature. Or that something to be worked for, something to be acquired, something to be developed within ourselves, something to be brought into our lives, something to aspire for. It's tolerance, helm. And this helm, al-hilmu bit tahallum. To the extent that a person forces himself to acquire that helm and puts himself in that mold of it, subjects himself to somebody to guide him in it then gradually this helm becomes natural. Initially it's a forced situation, but in time, as he goes along, gradually this becomes natural. So this is also this very, very important part of akhlaq, like all the other aspects of akhlaq, have to be acquired, have to be learned, have to be practiced on, this too has to be learned, has to be practiced on, and this tool, inshallah, bring us very close to Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us with all the good akhlaq. Allah ta'ala bless us with that beautiful way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Enable us to make his ittiba and follow in his mubarak footsteps in every aspect of life. And may Allah ta'ala raise us on the day of qiyamah with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And the sahaba ikram and all the awliya of the ummah. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin. La ilaha illallah. محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله 
ഫർജ്ജ ഇമാമാ وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving Allah ഫുഗിഫസിയാസ്ഫുഗിഫ്ലിസ്ഫുഗിഫ്ലിസ്ഫുഗിഫ്ലിസ്ഫുഗിഫ്ലിസ്ഫുഗിഫ്ലിസ
grant us a tawfiq of the five times salah with jama'ah, ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif daily, ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of making zikr daily, ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to talk to him dua daily, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Make us your obedient and true servants, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, make us your loyal servants, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the evils of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq of doing all that which pleases you, ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, in worries, anxiety, sorrow, in financial difficulties, Ilahul Alamin, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, grant sukoon and itminan to the hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Save us from doubtful wealth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have any, Ya Allah, needs in their hearts, Ya Allah. All their jayas needs, Ya Allah. You fulfill it from the grave, Ya Allah. Fulfill the pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove their anxieties and worries, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the Ummah. Ya Allah, you make them maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our time comes, Ya Allah. Take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from going to places of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Grant us khatma bil khair, Ya Allah. Allah, make our covered gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us jannatul firdaus. Without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Bilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in this day, in these times, Ya Allah, that are approaching us, Ya Allah, so filled with fitna, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, keep us steadfast on Deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on the amal of Deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on the values of Deen, Ya Allah. اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين الحمد لله رب العالمين